Hi, my name is Jack Leckler, and I'm the summer intern for Golf Course Industry Magazine. By the time you're hearing this podcast, my internship at GCI will have been completed, and I'll be headed back to College Ohio University to complete my senior year in journalism. However, before I left, I wanted to create a podcast to go along with my most recent and my last article for GCI as an intern, where I talk about the unique struggles and challenges faced by the superintendents and ground crews of several reversible courses in the United States. My first guest today on today's podcast is Kyle McDonald, the superintendent of Bobby Jones Golf Course in Atlanta. I asked him a bit about how he came to a reversible course like Bobby Jones, how the maintenance process works, and also how he adjusted after first arriving at the course. superintendent in 2018 am i correct correct yeah all right and you've had some bit some more experience in the field what was kind of your experience uh in the golf course management world before you came to bobby jones and a reversible course like bobby jones oh i was uh i did when i got out of school when i left oliver and i went up to the north georgia mountains and worked at a course up there and then i moved down to ball ground and worked at Hawks Ridge, which is a private club just north of Atlanta. I was there for seven years, and then I was then I was superintendent at St. Ives Country Club after that for nine years prior to taking the Bobby Jones opportunity. How did you kind of stumble upon the job listing? Were you just kind of finding it one day? I was actually uh, I was actually speaking to a gentleman named Billy Fuller, who's a golf course architect in Atlanta, and he was actually doing. We were working on a bunker renovation for St. Ives coming up. We were putting some numbers together. And we were on the phone, and he mentioned if, if I had heard of, if I knew anybody who would be interested in the, the Bobby Jones uh, position. And I kind of just said, yeah, tell, tell me about it. Maybe I'm interested. You know, I'd been at St. Ives for nine years. I was happy, but, you know, it was this was something new, and, and not often you get to build a golf course from the ground up you know, in this day and age. Um, so he kind of talked about it, and then I ended up uh, getting in touch with Billy again and get, got my resume in his hands and kind of went through the whole interview process. What did you kind of know about reversible courses before kind of applying to the job? Had you seen many of them like that before? Kind of were you exposed to them much? No. Oh. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, just trying to understand how it was going to work and, you know how how it all plays out. I spoke with the superintendent at the at the loop um, after taking the job, and just kind of got some of his thoughts and ideas and how you know they they do day to day out there. Um, but yeah, no, I had I had no idea reversible golf course even existed when uh, when I took the job. So uh, I'd imagine there was kind of a bit of a big in, uh, adjustment period, kind of adjusting to working on. A reversible course just from like the normal you know 18 hole kind of r- regular normal course that you'd expect right yeah I, mean, I i think the biggest thing for for us at, at bobby jones is how you know how we you know when we're training staff it, it you've got to give yourself a few more days you know because you can't just tell how go to number one because one changes each day right so that that was a big that was a big thing, you know, how, how do you number greens? Like, okay, you know, that's eight and one, you know, it's eight one day, it's 
you know, eight, uh, sorry, it's eight one day, it's one the next. So, you know, when you're trying to figure out, hey, let's go, let's go spray greens or mow greens or whatever you're going to do that day, you tell you know, your staff member or your assistant, you know, hey, we're going to go to number two. And, you know, they need to make sure they understand what, you know, well, what course we are that day and all that good stuff, you know, because we had thought about maybe using the alphabet to number the you know, label the greens because it would maybe be easier than, you know, because each green is switches, you know, daily. So, but we ended up long short of it. We, you know, we, the Bobby Jones rotates every day, um, even number of days were the Azalea course and odd number of days were the uh, Magnolia course. And then we just, through trial and error, we just found out it's just easiest to train everybody on. Hey, this is this is what the Magnolia course is. This is what the Azalea course is, and here's here's how you play them, or you or you number them, and then we just use each day. We're you know we're we're just changing what hole what hole number one is or two. Makes sense. So it kind of it's kind of like an alternating schedule with. Am I kind Correct. Of, yeah. 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 So another thing that I think is kind of interesting about reversible courses is kind of you know. Uh, Bobby Jones is very interesting in how it's laid out where it it has like these massive double greens like how does kind of working with those massive greens that are like twice the size of even like a very big green kind of affect like you know pin placement where the holes are going to go like what kind of factors go into consideration of like kind of just working uh, the course itself it's actually not that bad so we changed we changed the pins that of the course that day we leave both pins and the greens every day so when you play you'll see the the red if you're playing azalea today is the 12th so you're playing azalea today but we leave the magnolia flag in as well in case you do play if you want to play night or sorry, you can play 18 holes you can play to the opposite flag even though the greens aren't set up to receive shots that way you can still play to another flag and you know it just you know, there's days that they're, the flags can be kind of close together. You just try to set it to where when you're setting the pin that day, they, they're not right on top of each other. And also give a good shot to the opposing flag if they're going to play. Like if today, if they're playing the Azalea flag, they play 18 and they come back on their second nine. And they're wanting to play the Magnolia flag. We try to have it where the Azalea flag isn't blocking that flag from most views. So there's just, there's a, few things you got to take in consideration, but it's nothing, it's not a whole new dive into course setup by any means. Like, we, we, we didn't reinvent the, we're not, we didn't, we're not reinventing the wheel on course setup by any means. Okay. Uh, so, I'd imagine that's kind of like the same philosophy you guys kind of hold for, you know, mowing lines and how, you know, the course is mowed, I'm assuming. Like, it's not really, it's, like you said, it's not rocket science. You're not reinventing the wheel. You're just kind of finding that balance, I guess. Yeah, so we mow everything at a half inch, except the turf around our bunker faces. We let it grow up pretty pretty long to give a little bit of a contrast because when we had everything cut at a half inch, you really you could see the bunkers, but they didn't really stand out. Kind of everything kind of got lost in that you know fairway cut. So we have a few areas that we leave like mainly around bunkers and some a couple big knobs that we have kind of these features out in the fairway. We let those grow grow long but everything else is cut a half inch and really because the outside edges of the holes are where the tees are so if we try we, we looked at trying to have a lot rough or some fairway lines but you know you've got tee boxes that one day would be 
are in the middle of a fairway, and the next day they'd be in the rough. So how do you have, you know, how do you have sporadically have rough versus, you know, your tee cut? And it just, it, it just really didn't make a whole lot of sense, and it might have looked kind of a little goofy. So that's why we decided to go with the uniform height of cut. We're also, you know, our key principles is growing the game, and with as much as many kids that we have that come out and play, I mean, and just for sake of you know speeding up the game itself, um, not having any rough. I mean, you can you can miss a fairway by 75, 80 yards and still make par because you're you're in the fairway cut. You know, just a little offline. You know, so um, it's got some benefits. Uh, so that's kind of unique, but I know there's a handful of courses out there now that are, you know, everything's cut at, you know, one height of cut. So, again, we're not reinventing anything. It's just we found out that's what works for us out here. Kind of touching on that, too. Um, what's, you know, kind of working with this different course and kind of having that fairway cut around and having this special kind of mowing line, what are kind of some of those differences you kind of see in, like, a course like this compared to other courses you've worked on, you'd say? So our team ground, we don't have, you know, your traditional team markers mm-hmm. um, because we have eight we have eight levels of tees on each hole. So, you know, 18 times eight is a lot of tee markers um, to move every day when you go out and cut. So what we have is we just have a, just a, a, a 10, it's about a 10 inch number and it's colored. So if it's the azalea, you, you know, hole one will have one through seven, or sorry, one through eight, um, and that's your teeing ground. So, um, you know, level eight is the hardest, level one is the is the easiest, and you, you pick where you want to play in there. So that's a little different. We don't have team markers. You know, that's a, when people come out for the first time, that's, you know, they're really not sh- quite sure how to take it or where you're supposed to tee off from. Um, and then just, you know, just the – the reversible nature is just it's a lot of communication day in day out with our customers of you know what golf course they're playing and how you know you get a lot of first time players out there they you know it's new to them how they you know how they wrap their head around it and all that good stuff so we've got to have a lot of communication out there between you know my staff and the pro shop and the pro shop and the customers um, so I, I think that's the most unique thing that I've seen is that the amount of communication that goes in to get people around the golf course um, is a little bit more intense. I don't say intense. Um, you know, we've got to make sure that we get the customer started off on the right hole and then they can get around. They know how the course is routed that day. Um, as opposed to, you know, here's, no, you know, you drive out to number one and it's kind of, you know, take it from there. You know, follow the cart path and takes you to two, three, et cetera, on a, on a normal golf course. I say a normal golf course. More traditional golf course. Okay. Are there days, weeks, any specific, you know, like tournaments you may host at the course or like outings or anything that kind of make that, com- kind of strain that communication and make it more difficult than, you know, say like a normal day? Yeah. So when we do, we, we, uh, there's times that we offer to play the reversible course, how it's designed to be played. So you'll play uh, nine holes of either Azalea or Magnolia and then you'll turn around and play the nine holes that go in the other direction. So you've got 70 to 100 people on the golf course and having them have to all turn at the right time. So you're not getting people in balls at each other and, you know, going the wrong way. That Those those shotgun days are, 
it's kind of an all hands on deck. I mean, we've got you know anywhere between fifteen and twenty people out in the golf course making sure that the you know the customers are getting around. They understand, and you know when they make that turn, it's crucial that they make everyone makes it at the same time. And you know you don't have a a slow group that still has two holes to play, and then you know you got basically you're turning golf back around, and so now you got people firing you know cross shots at each other. How is that communication between you know, like you said, the step? There's a lot of you wouldn't say intense, but kind of necessary communication between your staff and then the maintenance crews and everything. How does that communication kind of get scrambled every now and then? Like, what's the kind of level that you guys need? Like, what's the level of understanding your staff needs to kind of have that high level of communication all the time and kind of understand what this course needs? We take pride in training our staff to understand the routing of the golf course, even though a lot of the guys on my maintenance crew aren't golfers. We take a lot of time, and we we give almost two full days just to understanding the routing and and how it's played and the direction and which green is which and where you go, because we're typically you know even though we've got starters, we have rangers out there. Nine times out of ten, a customer will most likely encounter one of our maintenance team members you know, that's out mowing or doing their, you know, whatever tasks they're assigned that day, and they come to ask them for directions. Everyone on the property at Bobby Jones has to understand the routing. You know, so we take we take great pride in not just my team members, but every team member that we have, understanding how the golf course, direction, routing. Because if, if we don't, if we've got an employee that doesn't know, it, it's, it's just, it's bad. <laughs> you know, you put the customer, you can put the customer in a, you know, send them the wrong way and then you know now like i said you're you're playing shots into each other so it's almost like this kind of giant internal clock with your entire staff just having this innate remembrance of how of like what the schedule for the course is in a way yes well we we, I mean, there, we have multiple forms of communication you know everyone you know everyone's got a cell phone now so we've got we've got apps that you know every employee has access to that we send out that, I mean, it's monotonous. I mean, it's overkill at some points, but, you know, every day it's, okay, here's the, here's the course we are that day. Here's the first tee time kind of deal. So everybody knows, like, hey, it's Magnolia Day, even though you should know that, hey, it's an odd-numbered day, it's Magnolia. But, you know, if you get somebody new and doesn't understand quite yet, you know, they're still in training and they send, you know, golf off the wrong direction or, they're not quite sure where, what golf course we are. It, it can kind of, it can booger stuff up from the get go. So it's a, it's a, it's a little overkill. We've got a lot of checks in to make sure everyone understands what what the routing is. Uh, you kind of mentioned a lot, kind of the uh, training that kind of goes into you know getting your staff acquainted with this. Assume there's like, how big is your staff, by the way? I've got um, we're fourteen total. And that's me and my mechanics, and that's everybody on my maintenance crew. We have 100 employees on property. Okay. So, like you said, you said there was like this kind of, it takes like two days in and of itself to kind of understand the layout of the course and just kind of observe how it goes. Is there any kind of other, you know, special training or how or kind of necessary instruction that kind of goes into getting a new crew member, a new maintenance member, or a new staff member kind of acquainted with? Uh, the course itself, or just preparing them for uh, what to expect out there. So they they shadow they shadow one of our senior members uh, on the team, and for the for for two two to three days, 
and that employee is, is tasked with um, we have we have we supply maps of the golf course. We have we have two we have three three maps, one with each routing, and then one with both both routings overlaid, um, so that they can understand as they're going around. They can they can kind of see where they're at, and as these as these new employees are getting onboarded and they're shadowing as our, one of our senior members, that they're, they're, they go over, you know, basically, if they start on a Zillia day, they start on one Zillia, and then they, they hear the whole song and dance, and they drive that golf course in itself, and they sit and they talk about each green and how it's, you know, and then the next day they do the same thing with Magnolia. So it takes two full days for them to learn the routing of the course. So they have, they understand both sides of it. And so, because we, we we've tried it to where you're like, okay, here's how it works, and this is this hole, and it's this hole. The next day, it's the it's easiest. If what's even better if they're golfers and they want to play, and then we 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 have them play the golf course both ways, and that's that's the best. But if they're not golfers, we just make sure that we drive those holes with them in two consecutive days, so they understand, you know, Magnolia versus Zillia. Has that two day method kind of really proven? effective as to how as to kind of getting these guys acquainted or do they take like or is there like a bit more of an adjustment adjustment period for like the new guys coming on say say hey maybe i need a couple more days to kind of another day or two to really kind of really understand it it, it feels like what we're what we're going through i mean this, this is trial and error trust me like we've, <laughs> we've, we've tried everything but it feels like since we've gone to this two days where they ride and shadow we've been doing this for about oh maybe eight months now um, and then giving them the maps it helps too, so they can always refer to the map. They have the map in their pocket if they want. Um, we also have it where they can we can down you know we can text it to their phones. So they can pull their phone out and have the map, so it makes it a little bit easier. Okay. But yeah, they, it seems to be working as of right now. But you know, you, it, that could all change. Is there anything else new your you guys or your staff or your maintenance crew has kind of been trying out recently as to kind of maybe make the job a little easier and kind of improve communication? No, not, not, not really. Um, I think, you know, we've gotten a lot better on, you know, myself and my assistant, we've gotten a lot better on making, you know, spending, spending those, those extra t- days and time to make sure that everyone understands, you know, Hey, what is one azalea? Where's, where's eight magnolia? You know, that kind of thing. So they understand where they're going. And I think, with us putting in those two full days now where we, we weren't doing that in the past and you get a lot of, you get a lot of scrambled, scrambledness out there. I think we, we've gotten a little bit, we simplified it a little bit and I think it's made it easy for the new guys to understand by giving them the time to, you know, spend a half a day. Well, it's actually two full days, <clears throat> you know, learning the golf course. For all like those days where things get scrambled or all like the tough days, what kind of having, being the superintendent, and you're the director of agronomy now, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So being the superintendent and the director of agronomy and having all of these very, some of these really scrambled days and then just having the really good days and having the crazy days, what's kind of your reflection on it, on working at this at Bobby Jones, at a reversible course like this? What's kind of your thoughts about it three years into it? I absolutely love it. You know, it's been the most challenging and the most rewarding career move I've ever had. So, I, I mean, I, 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 what we're doing, what we're, tr- what we try to do for the game of golf um, at Bobby Jones, but, <clears throat> you know, we're 
you know, the golf I if you don't know, the golf course uh, was built to be accessible for adaptive adaptive golfers. So all our bunkers are zero entry. We have no curving. All our tee boxes are flat. You know, we don't have any steep hills for tee boxes or anything. So everything was designed uh, to be an adaptive, friendly golf course. So, I mean, those things we do, we just hosted the GSGA Adaptive Championship. We had 48 players from 25 states or something like that come come to Bobby Jones and play and compete in the Adaptive Championship. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just all in all, it's been the most rewarding career decision I've ever I've ever made. Uh, would you say kind of having this experience to work at such a unique course and having this experience that not a lot of superintendents have, would you say that's made you a better superintendent? I, I think I think it has. I think I'm a better superintendent than I was, you know, before taking this position. I don't know if it's better agronomy, you know, from an agronomy standpoint or just better with people, but I just feel that I am a better, I'm better to work with than I was in the past. <laughs> has the job kind of opened you up, kind of made you more open to uh, your crew and more communicative because of how it's I think the, the, there's different pressures. You know, when you're at a private club, you have, you know, you have, there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Where now I'm at a, we're at a high, we're a high-end daily fee golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we try to produce private level conditioning to give to the, you know, for the public golfer. So not having certain pressures, I think, helps alleviate some of that. So, you, you know, you can, you can spend more time getting to know your, your team members um, instead of always, you know, trying to put out that next fire that typically you'd have at a, at a private course, you know, you're always trying to put out, out fires, but you know, you're always trying to do you're on to the next job on the next thing. Cause it, you're, you feel like your job's never done where, where we're at, you, you can sit back and, and take in what, what we've done and what we've created and where we're at and, you know, enjoy that as opposed to what, you know, on the next thing and never really get a chance to sit back and enjoy what, what you've done. And kind of having those uh, better, you know, like you said, kind of getting to know your maintenance crew and having all these veteran guys helping out, you know, the young guys too. How have you gotten to, you know, really like know your crew over the past three years you've been here? Kind of what's been the development of that bond to really develop that commu- level of communication that's necessary. You know, we're a small, we're a small crew. Um, you know, I said 14 guys, but you know, that's, that's right now. Cause we're in season and <clears throat> we've got some college guys that came on board for the summer, but you know, typically, you know, in the winter, I mean, we're down to five or six total guys. So, I mean, just having a smaller crew where you just, you're, you know, you're, you're working alongside of, you know, as opposed to when I was at a private club, you know, it was a little bit more meetings and, you know, I couldn't really jump in all the time and get dirty. We're here, you know, that's what we do. We just jump in and help them dig the irrigation hole, you know, help, you know, teach, teach these guys, teach some of these guys that are interested in turf that don't really have a turf background, kind of how this stuff works and what we're doing. So, um, and it's just, I don't know, I think maybe it's just because it's a smaller crew. So you get that more of that you know, camaraderie vibe mm-hmm. as opposed to how, you know, we had, they got a 20 man crew. It's hard to, it's hard to know everybody well. So mm-hmm. when you got five or six guys, you, you learn a lot about them. Any final thoughts you have on just the course, your crew, 
Any reflections on it? No, I mean it's I mean it's a fantastic project. I mean if if you don't if to those who don't know about the project, I you know I encourage them to you know spend spend fifteen minutes and read about it. It's a it's a pretty unique project uh, for the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia, and you know it's a, we feel like we're uh, truly uh, growing the game, help grow the game. Thank you, Kyle. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining. Thank me. you. Yeah, no problem. Take care. Thank you. You too. My second guest today is Rob Falconer, Superintendent and Director of Agronomy of The Loop at Forest Dunes in Roscommon, Michigan. Rob, a lot like Kyle, talked much about the planning around the maintenance staffs, how scheduling works on the course, as well as how the ground screw navigates holes that change every day. You were the Assistant Superintendent for a couple years and then left for a couple more years and then came back in 2017. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I was an assistant on the FD course, the original Forest Dunes course, for seven years. And then I left the industry for five years and then came back to kind of finish growing in the loop and, and take on the loop. Was there any kind of any specific reason you wanted to come back or is there just kind of a, it was just like, well, it's kind of time to come back. Was there any specific reason for coming back? Honestly, the loop was a lot of it. Um, I mean, I, I love golf. I've been in golf my whole life and the loop is just such a, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And to, to kind of, put the finishing touches on, you know, on the growing, if you will, and, you know, get to decide, you know, how I wanted natives to look and bunkers to look and different, you know, and just kind of have that shot of putting my own touch on what I knew was going to turn out to be a very talked about and kind of highly rated course. You know, it's so unique, and it just, just to have that opportunity, it was, it couldn't pass it up. And let's talk a little bit about the loop. You know, there's not that many reversible courses around the country. Most people haven't even really played on one before. Speaking from your own experience, what's kind of the most challenging aspect of kind of maintaining and kind of running a reversible course compared to the normal one, a normal course? The really the, the only part that's kind of excuse me kind of tricky is. Um, you know, every year when you take on crew and you get people in your property and stuff, learning their way around is the, you know, there's that normal learning curve because it changes every day. So, you know, it it's, it's tricky for them when one day we go out and go in this direction and, and go from this hole to this hole and the next day it's completely opposite and different and the shortcuts and cut-throughs don't make sense anymore because they're not the ones you took the day before and, like, you know, some of, some of that aspects. Um, with, you know, with that, the loop doesn't also have your traditional, like, landmarks to um, help you understand. Like, I don't have a hole sign that says this is hole four. You know what I mean? So yeah. the, the getting lost aspect for new guys um, is, is a little bit higher. Do you have kind of any, like, special method or kind of any, like, training way that you kind of get the new guys acquainted with? Like, do you have them shadow older guys for a, for a certain amount of time, or is there a particular method you kind of get them to, you know, adjust to this new kind of course? The first thing I do is I only refer to the golf course by the red routing. So that way, if I tell anybody I want them to go to hole four, 
they they understand what I'm talking about. Um, I, I don't care if it's a a black routing day. I will still only refer to the course by the red numbers. That gets rid of a lot of confusion right there because that way the crew always knows when, when I say a number, I'm referring to the red routing. So that helps a lot. But then also, I mean, the new guys, you know, you tend to always pair them up the first few days anyway with veteran guys, and that helps with their, their way around and, and learning learning the course, even with it being reversible. But the biggest thing was just only referring to the course by one direction. It really helped get rid of a lot of confusion. So kind of standardizing the course in a way, kind of simplifying it and keeping it, you know, as simple as possible kind of mitigates a lot of that confusion in a way. Correct. So another thing that's kind of interesting about reversible courses is kind of, you know, since it alternates so much, kind of the groundskeeping aspect of it in and of itself is very interesting on reversible courses. Like with having those greens kind of at the opposite ends of kind of almost the same hole, how does that kind of affect, you know, like hole placements or, you know, how mowing is established, how does that kind of affect the on-the-ground work for the holes? The first thing I did with that, too, was when um, when we, like, establish our mowing patterns. You know, typically people will mow front to back, side to side, like a left to right or a right to left type cut. Because the greens, you know, you do come from different angles, I did the same thing. We base all of our mowing patterns off the red direction. That way, the front to back cut on the red direction, on the black direction, might be a side to side. But at least that way we don't have duplicate days of the same mowing angle get put in. If we just base it all off the red direction, it, it just keeps it simpler. As far as like the pins go, the loop greens are fairly, there's lots of little undulations in them. Um, they're, they're fairly pinnable though. I, I only have three quadrants. So a day one, a day two, and a day three for the pins. And all of the positions give you enough room that if it's a, if it's a red day or a black day, you, you have room to set a pin that's fair and, and not um, unplayable from that direction. From what we've talked about, it seems communication is absolutely key to making having this machine just work the way it does. How... Just how important have you stressed, you know, communication with your staff, the team, the maintenance crews to kind of keep the machine running as efficiently as possible? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just kind of built into our system now. So, like, you know, every day when I hand out assignments, it's a general reminder, hey, it's black day today or it's red day today, you know, so they don't get out there and start going the wrong direction, <laughs> you know. Um, just because, you know, you get into the routine of summer, and, you know, going and working every day, and, and you sometimes forget, well, is it a red day or black day, well, you know, type of thing. So it, it just helps to constantly, hey, today's a red day, today's a black day. You know, one thing that we do here at Forest Dunes to simplify that for, and it actually simplifies it for our pro shop staff, our starters, our um, reservationists, is that the direction of the routing on the loop is based on the calendar. So... Even days are red days. Odd days on the calendar are black routing days. And then three times a year, there's where you'd have a 31st in a month and then a 1st. Mm-hmm. Two, 
to alleviate having it two black days in a row, what we did was on those 31st days, those three times there's a 31st, we actually hold a special event where we play, um, we call it the duel, and we play both directions on the same day. So it's a, it's a limited entry event, two-man best ball, that they go out, they play one direction, we do a one and ten starts, they play one direction, then we quick flip all the tees on them and they go back out and play the other direction. Walking only event, um, and everybody loves it and has a blast, and it's the only place where you literally can play both directions in the same day. Walk me through kind of that day for your crew, kind of how high tempo is that day to kind of get the course kind of prepared for like playing black and then immediately having an entire outing turn around and play red. Just how does it work, I suppose? Sure. For my crew, actually, it isn't that bad. Um, We go out and, you know, we start in the morning. Basically, I split the crew in half. Half the guys go to hole one to start. The other half go to hole ten type of thing. And they're basically, because we're starting on one and ten, they just have to stay out ahead of play for nine holes. No big deal. Once... Once they're done, they're basically gone for the day, and myself and my assistant take in as the last of the play makes their turn. So for their last nine of the first round, we go behind that group, and we move the tees into the black direction's position so that literally as soon as the last group of the morning round gets onto the last green, the first group that teed off in the morning is now teeing off on, on the tee box heading the other direction and, and going the second way. Um, it's more of a communication between myself and the, the, the golf pro and the guys that are doing the starting than anything. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest issue is trying to get two 18-hole walking rounds in in the amount of daylight we have. Luckily, we have long days here, but like the August 31st one, you know, we we push it with daylight hours, so. Uh, how big is your uh, maintenance crew staff? Um, I currently have for the for the loop, uh, I have twelve guys, and three of them are part time. So it's kind of an intimate crew for you know how much work really kind of goes into the loop. Well, the, the loop it's goofy because the, the loop. Actually, um, there's some advantages to the reversibility of it, too. Like, we, we can go out and mow fairways, and instead of starting on hole one, I start on hole ten. And so I have three guys mowing fairways. They mow holes ten through eighteen out ahead of play, never really get caught because they start so far ahead. The next day, because of the reversibility, the other nine is now ten through eighteen. And so... That you know they're able to go out and mow and stay ahead and be productive and and not get caught and um, you know so it allows allows for some advantages. Other other advantages are I don't have to rake every bunker every day because some of the bunkers are only in play from one direction. So there's no point in raking that bunker on a day it's not going to get played. So just little things like that 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 do help make it more efficient and, and, and better. But then there's also little things like I have to have a team mover every day, and, and it's not like a normal course where you'd move it 
in a tee box, you know, up a couple feet or back a couple feet, you know, my tee movers have to pick up the tee markers and drive them the length of the hole to set them in the other direction. So it's, it's just little things like that. It's just different. Kind of like you said, differences isn't always bad. And kind of having that increased productivity, does that kind of provide like a boost in morale to your guys? Or like, hey, we got so much work done today, we can do it again tomorrow. It'll, you know, does that kind of provide like that little jump that kind of provides the morale boost to your guys? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if that does it or not. What's interesting um, is, and I thought it was just me, and so I never said anything, but, but one day the, the crew guys kind of let on to it too, that for whatever reason, we prefer red days for maintenance. Like the black direction, play tends to get to us faster than the red direction. And I, I think it's just in the happens of red direction starts out par four, par five, par four, par three, where the, the black direction starts out par four, par three, short par four, short par four, par three. And, and so they tend to catch us quicker. So it, it, was, it was just interesting that for a while I never understood why, but everybody seems to prefer red days over black as far as staying out ahead of play. Do you think it just kind of gives them a little bit more room to breathe, like you were saying, like they don't catch you as fast? Yeah, I, I, think, that's, I think that's what it comes down to is, like, it, it just feels like you're not on hole three and you look up and you see the first group coming, like, holy smokes, we got to, you know, we got to hump, hump it here, you know. So, for whatever reason, it, and, and maybe it might literally just be the routing itself where visually you can't see as far you know what I mean? Like the hole's got a dog leg to it, so you don't happen to see them. It, it, I don't know if it's just psychological or what, but but for whatever reason, I I know that it just feels like the, the play doesn't catch us as fast on red as it does on black. If that play does catch up a, up to you, like on black, uh, I kind of want to like, are there like day to day kind of headaches, kind of working on the course? Like I'm sure, like any co- course, you can kind of attest to have. A staff will have, you know, daily headaches, like stuff will break. Uh, kind of working on a reversible course, is it kind of a logistical, like, can it become like a bit of a logistical headache? Like, say you've got like a new staff member who's not yet familiar with the course and they find a golfer who comes to play here and gets lost and maybe sends them on the wrong way. Are there kind of headaches like that that kind of jump in with your staff or is there kind of unique headaches that you that are, like, unique to the loop itself? Really, the only ones that pump, you know, kind of come, come up are, like, particular things that you want, like, let's say you're trying to do a, a, a second assignment and you really want to get into these native bunkers and get them weeded and raked. And, you know, for whatever reason, the crew gets done with assignments and, and you've got the staff there and the, and the bodies, and you're like, sweet, we can go work on these native bunkers. But then you realize, oh, I can't do that because it's a black day and those native bunkers are 180 yards out right in front of the number one tee black direction and they're going to get killed. That, you know, like we, gotta only, we can only work on those bunkers on a red day, not a black day. Or, you know what I mean? And it, and it just feels like sometimes, you know, when, when the opportunity presents itself with the staffing or whatever, you're like, sweet, we can go get this done. And then you're like, ah, well, we can't do those ones. Those ones are 
we got to do on red days or those ones we got to do on black days or, you know. So there is some logistical stuff every once in a while that's a little bit kind of a bummer, but you you, you just get used to it. And like I said, the, the, the advantage is that on those other days, you know, you're completely out of play, and so you don't have to worry about it, and, and guys can get a lot of work done. Having all this experience at the Loop and at Forest Dunes, kind of, can you give me a little bit of a reflection of your time there? Kind of, what's it been like to kind of be, you know, managing a course like this, something so unique as the Loop at Forest Dunes? It's been awesome. I mean, it, it's such a cool golf course. And well, honestly, it's two golf courses. And that's the part that, you know, most people don't understand is that it truly is two different golf courses. And, and I know it's hard to believe because it's the same greens and the same fairways, but it, it truly is two different, unique playing experiences. Um, you know, the holes, they don't play, you know, it's not a straight 180-degree difference, right? You play into some of the holes from a 90 degrees. You play into some of the holes from a 45-degree angle from the day before. All the holes, but three, Three of them are the same par in both directions. But the other 15 holes, if it was a par four one day, the next day it's a par three or a par five. Or if it was, you know, a par three one day, it could be a par five the next day. And, that, I mean, it truly makes it a completely different playing experience. So it, it's just a, a unique property to be able to manage and see people's just kind of reaction to the, to the place. You know, they, they say they don't get it, and, they, and then they come and play it, and they're, just, they're like, wow, this is so cool. It's so unique. What was your first reaction to first coming to uh, the Loop in Forest Dunes? So the, the, my first reaction with it was I actually saw the original routing that was presented to the ownership before it was built, when they were just starting to clear trees. And, and I was looking, you know, looking at the blueprints of it, and I was just like, Boy, this you know this just doesn't make sense. Why there's a bunker here or whatever? And they said to me, well, what way are you, you know kind of what way are you looking? And it, as soon as I had that light bulb moment that it was going to be reversible, yeah, I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like that that's that's going to be amazing if if they can pull this off. And 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 Tom, you know Tom Doak absolutely pulled it off. Now, the the biggest difference with it is. And, and this doesn't necessarily have to do with the reversibility of it, but I kind of think it does in a way. You know, the, the loop is more of your link-style golf course. I have fescue fairways. You know, we're, we're able to keep them firm and fast, and you got to play that ground game. And, and it's, it's not your typical, you know, American Parkland-style golf. And I actually think that does help in the reversibility of it because it allows for you to play those angles and – different things as you approach the greens where if it was, you know, your traditional style golf course, that'd be kind of hard to do if you didn't allow for the ball to bump and run and, and do all those fun things it likes to do on, on link style golf courses. Right.